309, you read this, 309, without me. rugged cross, <coughs> excuse me, page nine.
to exchange it someday for a crown. I'm glad this morning, like I said, to be here. Glad you're here with us. Pray God blesses you through the week. Uh, do remember all those on our prayer request list. Uh, continue to pray for Brother Mike Hoggett, if you would, his family, little Lucas. Uh, lifting him up in prayers. He's got a long haul. Uh, doing some better. Remember that. Uh, Anita Humphreys uh, had finished up with her chemo or radiation, so we appreciate all your prayers there. Just continue to pray for her. Uh, and then remember those who are traveling as well. Any this morning by spoken request? Right, unspoken. Would stand with us this morning for ushers come forth. Father, we thank you today. We love you, Lord. We praise you, Father, for the many blessings you give us, Lord. Asking you, dear God, to help us today do that which you'd have us to do and to be that which you'd have us to be. Father, asking you, Lord, this morning, touch and meet the needs according to your plan and purpose for each and every life, each and every soul. Lord, asking you today to help us, Lord, to draw close to you. Help us draw close one to another. God, give us the ability to strengthen and encourage, Lord, as we go throughout the remaining days of our lives. Lord, I ask you this morning that you bless, Father, the offering that it be for the use of thy glory for thy kingdom. Dear God, help us, we pray, Father, in Jesus' holy name, and amen. Amen. songs of uh, decoration where we're going to stay, but now we're going to sing one of proclamation. And I cannot walk without a
wonder sometimes if we realize the true power of the name of the Lord. And you think about this, the Bible says at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. There's going to come a time when all of those folks who, uh, I guess, uh, I don't know how to put it, I'll put it kind of bluntly, all those folks who think they're something going to find out they're nothing. All those deniers will be confessors. And, uh, you know, the Bible says, and if, this, if in this life only we have hope in Christ Jesus, we're of all men most miserable. In other words, if it's just right now, there's really no hope. I mean, there's nothing there. But my hope is in eternity. My faith and trust in Jesus Christ is not because of, uh, of what I hope to get today, but because of what I hope to have tomorrow. And when I leave this walk of life, I will start a better life, a brand new life, an everlasting life. And uh, I've thought a lot about this over the last little bit due to some circumstances in our family and, and things that we uh, pray don't happen that you, you know eventually will happen, and, and that's death. I think a lot about the folks who are older than me. I think about some who are younger than me, who are sicker than me. And I just ask God not to, not to take anybody, but to just leave us all here or take us all home. I'm kind of selfish. I don't want to leave my wife here, and I don't want her to leave me here. I just want us to go together. You know, and I, if I never done another funeral service in this church, I, I tell you the truth, it wouldn't bother me one bit. I just want us all to go together. But there's coming a day, church, that we will face a separation, and it will be permanent unless we put our faith and our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. I will tell you right now, heaven has reunions. Hell has separations. In hell, there's nobody getting together. Remember, the rich man looking up into Abraham's bosom said, Father Abraham, then Lazarus, that he may dip his finger in water and touch my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame day and night. And I know that's not exactly quoting the verse there, but get the gist there. He, he was selfish in the fact he wanted a drop of water and also this. While he could see heaven and see Lazarus comforted, he didn't see anybody else around him. Church, that's separation. And you and I this morning, if we do not put our trust and our faith in God and follow it through to the end, we'll one day find ourselves in separation. We will also find ourselves in isolation. Isolation, I believe, is one of the things that have destroyed this country in a lot of ways over the last few years. People isolated from one another. And, and I'm, you, you say, Brother Ernie, don't go that way. No, listen to me carefully. When you can't encourage somebody and see somebody face to face for encouragement and see that they're not just talking but there's actually peace or joy or comfort in their eyes and in their face, it really is hard to do. We think a lot of times about words and what they mean. And I'll just be honest with you, church. If I didn't see the love of God, if I didn't feel the love of God, 
if I didn't see it on other people's faces and understanding God's grace and his mercy towards me and towards you and know that we're not just talking about it, but it's actually real to us, how many people would believe in it? Just be honest this morning. We're in a situation and a time, and, and I'll get to where I'm going. You can open up to Psalms chapter 18 this morning. Father, help us as we go forth in thy word to do thy will and praise thy name. Christ's name we ask and pray this morning. Amen. Church, we're living in a time, and I didn't even think about it whenever I was preparing and thinking about this, and God was putting this on my heart. But we're living in a time when we really don't even understand the rejection of God in the lives around us. We don't understand the rejection of God, even to this aspect, to, to our country and where it is in that aspect. I, I was looking and some others were looking and saw this the other day. On our 2022 quarter, in God we trust, is actually on the backside of Washington's face. Turned his back on God is what it implies. You say, Brother Arnie, are you sure about that? I, I'm going to tell you something. People don't do things by mistake. They do it intentionally. So I wanted to know, when did this happen? Because I don't think it happened in 2022. So I researched a little bit, and I figured out something. It didn't happen this year. It didn't happen last year. It actually happened 24 years ago in 1998. 24 years ago, you'll find quarters that have their back where Washington has his back turned towards in God we trust. You say, Brother Ernie, it doesn't really mean that much. Yes, it does, church. I'm telling you, we're not paying attention to what's going on. People talk about a faith in God, but they don't have a trust really in God. They believe there is a God. Remember, your Bible says, if thou believest there is one God, thou dost well. But even the devils believe and do tremble. The Word of God tells us that those who know what's going on, they're afraid of what God is going to do. But those of us who should know what's going on, a lot of times don't fear God. And yet my Bible says in the book of Proverbs, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. My Bible tells me that the Bible says that the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And you realize today that while there are those who say, well, I believe in God, it's not the God of heaven. It's not the God of creation. It's just a God. Whatever they want to be God. Whatever they think might be God. A God that they can control. A God that they can tell what to do. And, and, and I, I'll be honest with you. That, and and I, I'll say this and I'll, I'll try to get to this a little bit better. But, but the other night, whenever our president... And I say that because he's elected president, not because I chose him. But when our president was sitting up there on television and he kept going for using the Lord's name in vain, in my opinion, just sickened me. How long will we tolerate this? Talking about gun violence. A gun never done anything that the person didn't intend for it to do. It might have accidentally happened sometimes, but a gun does not kill people in mass. A person uses one to do so. And we provoke God into the situation. 
We provoke God in these things and we say, our hearts and our prayers are for them. You've heard me say this before. And then we ask, how long will this happen? And I'll tell you the truth, church. It will happen just as long as people are here and have their hearts turned away from God. And their minds turned against God. And people here around here say, well, you know what? It's, this is the problem. It's not the problem. The problem is sin and the sinful heart and the sinful mind, the rejection of God. We all know the story. They used to read their Bibles. They used to say their prayers every day in school. And by the way, we didn't have a problem with a Muslim leading school prayers at that time when they did it. We didn't have a problem with idol worshippers leading prayers in that time when they did it. Morality was better. Our children were raised better. They got whoopings. Whoopings. Didn't ever kill a child. Never killed one child whooping a child. Never killed one. You violently beat one, yes. But a whooping. Never killed one. My teacher pulled out a paddle about three foot long. Looked like five foot long when she pulled it out on me. But she did so apply behind myself on the backside. Guess what? I went to class and I acted like a better student. I was playing one day in the second grade. You say, Brother Ernie, where are you going with us? Listen to me. I was playing one day in the second grade over at the pencil sharpener. I remember this vividly, making a mess. But I thought it was all right, you know. Teacher doesn't care if you sharpen your pencil. And she didn't care. Miss Brown would let me sharpen my pencil and go back to my chair. But I had to rattle it. And then I had to take it off and shake it in the trash can and rattle it. And before I knew it, I felt one arm on my shoulder, a hand on my shoulder, and the other hand, by the way, not a paddle, but a hand, applied against my backside in front of the whole class. Today, that would be child abuse. The teacher would be fired. She'd be run out of school. But I'm going to tell you what happened to me. I put it back on the pencil sharpener lid on the pencil sharpener. I went back to my seat. I sat down, and I listened, and I loved that teacher. I mean to tell you, church, there was something to be said in the day and hour when people believed in God, worshipped and trusted God, and where we're living today. And we did not think it would happen, not in our lifetime, but it happens right before our very eyes and we don't even notice it. We think there's just a few people out there who are this way. But I'm here to tell you this morning, there's a multitude of people out there this way. The Bible tells us that there are more people going to hell than there are to heaven. By the way, read the book of Revelations. Two-thirds of the stars are reached out of the sky and cast down into the earth. A third is remaining there. Think about what's going on, church. Two-thirds set down. The Bible talks about the reaping, and I said to the angels, there's a reaping of the world, and, and it's the reaping, and there's one-third. Two out of every three people, at a minimum, will go to hell for not trusting in God. Look around our congregation this morning. Church, you say, nobody in this church would do that. 
But just think about what happens if two out of three are truly not saved. Two out of three just showing up, going through the motions. They talk about a faith. They talk about a trust, but they don't exercise it. They don't really have it. It's not there. It's not meaningful. It's just a talk to help get through the day. And, and by the way, you know, our president, vice president the other day said this. Prayers and thoughts are not enough. We have to take action. Prayers and thoughts are not enough. No, they're not. You know why? Because my Bible tells me that the prayers of the righteous are heard, but God does not hear the cries of the wicked. I don't want to break your heart this morning, but if you're lost, your prayers go nowhere unless they're prayers of repentance and acceptance of salvation. God's not listening to the wicked cry and tell him what to do and ask him to do things unless it's to redeem their soul and change their life. And when that happens, then God's got an ear to hear. And he's got a reaction. Psalms 18 Church, we need to get this established in our lives and in the lives of those around us. He said, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. Our strength does not come from ourselves. It comes from God. Think about it this way, church. I may be physically weak, but if I am spiritually strong, I can move mountains. There's something to be said about that, is there not? I mean, just stop and think about it this morning. I, 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 when I was a young man in my teenage years, in the mid, probably 16 to 18 years of range, I could grab me a round bell on the back of the truck, not, not grab it with my hands, but I could wedge in between them, and I could flip them over. Today, that'd kill me. I'm weaker than I've ever been in my life, fleshly speaking. Physically speaking, I'm getting older. My muscles aren't the same anymore. But spiritually speaking, I should be stronger. Ready to lift up the hardest of things and, and do the greatest of impossibilities, not by myself, but because of my spiritual strength and my faith and my trust in God. Church, we ought to be moving the mountains that are blocking us from doing the things God would have us to do. We're older today in the faith than we were yesterday. It's just that a lot of times we don't feel like we need to. Or it's not that important. But he said, I will love thee. Think about this. Love, real love, causes things to happen that you wouldn't do normally. I would literally cross through anything to save my wife, my children, my grandchildren, and you. I'm not so sure about a lot of other people how far I would go. But by the grace and the love of God in my life, I would go further than others would think. Simply because his love is my strength. It is my drawing. It's my desire to Fulfill the love of God, not destroy it. Think about it this morning. 
And then he goes on and he says this in verse 2, and this is our, where our trust comes in. He says, the Lord is my rock. Not, not will be, is. Where do I stand this morning? On the rock. Jesus Christ, the solid rock. All other ground is seeking sand. The Lord is my rock and my fortress. By the way, if you're outside the fortress of God, the enemy has free reign. But inside the fortress of God, he has limited opportunity. How do you know that, Brother Ernie? What did the Bible say about Job? God says, Has thou not considered my servant Job? Satan has Job feared thee for naught. Hast thou not built a hedge around Job? What is a hedge? That's the fortress of God. And God says, Well, I'll tell you what, I'll let you in. You can do a little bit, but you can't do no more. Job said, Well, the little bit's all I need to get him to reject you. You say, Brother Arnie, that's not KJV. I'm just giving you the storyline. We know what happened with Job. In the end, Job was by himself. Even his wife turned against him and said, Curse God and die. Yet the Bible says in all this, Job sinned not with his mouth. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Job's heart was tight with God. So in my, my, he, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. I was once in bondage, but now I'm free. My God, my strength. This is a declaration, by the way. He's not using God's name in vain like a lot of people do today when they see something and then they take God's name in vain. No, he's making a declaration and also a proclamation. The declaration is this. This is my God. The proclamation to you and I is that's his God. He's my God. He's my deliverer. My strength in whom I will trust. That's our key thought this morning, by the way. I will trust. Let me tell you something else about this this morning. When you declare to trust in God, really trust in God, you're going to find the grace of God in your life. The number five is the number of death or the number of grace. In this, and I thought about this, the Bible says you who are dead in trespasses and sin lines up real good there with death, don't it? I was once dead till I found the grace of God. I will trust is only found five times in your King James Bible. And every time in the Old Testament. I thought that was kind of strange. I couldn't find it anywhere in the New Testament. I, I wondered about that. But, but then I thought, you know, God was trying to give us his example. That they was kind of there. God is saying, I'm going to bring to you grace. But you've got to put your trust in me. Church, God's grace is out there for the receiving if we'll put our trust in him. David says, I will trust. He said, going on, he said, he is my buckler, the horn of my salvation, and my high tower. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from mine enemies. You want to be saved today, you got to call on Jesus. you got to put your faith and your trust in God. You need to make that declaration that says, I will trust. Because there's a whole lot of folks who say, I believe, but they don't trust. Anybody ever done the trust call? 
I'm not going to trust none of you to catch me. I'm going to be honest with you this morning. I'm not saying you won't try, but you'll get hurt trying to catch me if I've really done a trust fall, which is to go limp and to fall backwards. You'll get hurt or I will get hurt when that happens. But if we trust God, we will never get hurt. Not from God anyway. God's not going to hurt us. I mean, think about it this way. If, if you think, if when we trust God, it, it is like this. We're standing on a rock. If you're standing on the rock, you don't fall. You ever thought about that? You don't trip when you're standing on the rock. The Bible tells us he's only a stone of stumbling to those who do not believe. Not to you and I who do believe, who do trust who honestly put our faith there. He said, I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. When we trust God, we know his worthiness. God is worthy to be praised. Hey, God is worthy to be spoken of and spoken about. We go over to the book of Psalms in the 55th chapter. And by the way, it's found four times in Psalms. One time in Isaiah, just because I'm running low on time, go over to the 55th chapter. I want to read verse 1 before I get down to this. Verse 2, actually. It says, Give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not thyself from my supplication. Attend unto me and hear, I mourn my complaint. And make a noise. And then we get down there to the very last verse. And it says, But thou, O God, shalt bring down into the pit of destruction bloody and deceitful men, shall not live out half their days, but I will trust in thee. You can read the whole verses of there, 23, but look at what he starts off. Give ear to my prayer. What did I say? The Bible says that the cries of the wicked, God is not listening to. But he does listen to the cries of the righteous. Matter of fact, I've, I've got that verse saved on my phone in a, in a circle in one of my screenshots. And I know I'm not getting it right, just come, but but I, I got it circled there. Why? Because I want people to understand. If you if you don't get anything else, get this: if you're lost and you just pretend God's not listening, I don't care what you're thinking. You want to be a prayer warrior? You got to get saved. Church, it's that simple. I love you. I love everybody that I can love. I'll be honest with you. I don't hate anybody, but I hate things. I hate actions. And I despise people who tell me they're praying for me who don't love God. Don't mean a thing to me. I'm not trying to be mean. But when you say blessed, you have a blessed day. Sometimes I, I, I just, somebody told me that the other day. said, have a blessed day. I wanted to stop. If I hadn't have been in my gas company uniform, Driving a gas company truck. I'd have turned around and I'd looked at them and said, do you really mean that? Do you really believe in God except in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life? Do you really believe 
when you're telling me to have a blessed day? Because if you're not, it's just words. I'll have a blessed day because I've got my faith and my trust in God. And I don't care what happens. It's still a blessed day to know that God is with you. Sometimes I like to ask them. So again, he starts out, give ear to my prayer, O God. Hide not myself from my supplications. Attend unto me. And here, I mourn in my complaint. I make a noise. Now listen to me. He's talking about the weak. He's talking about those things. But his heart is in God. His love is toward God. And when you get down through the end of it, he says to this, he said, But thou, O God, shalt bring down them into the pit of destruction. Bloody and deceitful men shall not live out half their days, but I will trust in thee. You ever heard the old saying, they died before their time? They died too young. According to who? The thought process of the flesh, the mind. And yet I know for a fact that if God is truly God and God is truly who he says he is, nobody goes before their time. Nobody goes too young. They all go at an appointed time. It is appointed unto man once to die. And after this, the judgment. So the real question is, is did they die prepared, ready to meet God? I believe children stand before God just as innocent as the day they were born. But there's coming a time when a child has to make a decision. And God knows the time. It's not written in stone. We always say age of 12 is a countable stage. I, I don't agree with that. The accountable time is when God deals with the heart. That time, they're accountable. I'm just telling you this morning, church, bloody and deceitful men don't get there. But those who trust in the Lord will. He said, I will trust in thee. And just go over to the 56th chapter again, starting there at verse 1. He said, be merciful unto me, O God, for men would swallow me up. He fighting daily oppresses me. My enemy would daily swallow me up, for they are many that fight against me, O thou most high. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. And God, I love this verse. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. And Jesus said it in the book of Matthew. He said, fear not them who can kill the body and do no more. But rather fear him who can kill the body and the soul and destroy both in hell. Think about what God is saying. Think about what the psalmist is saying here. He said, be merciful. Hey, church, God hears the cry. Oh, God. For men would swallow me up. He fighting daily oppresses me. My enemies would daily swallow me. 
up, for they are many that fight against me, O thou most high. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. I'll tell you this morning, put your faith and your trust in God. You'll not have to worry about it. Chapter 64. Start in verse 1. I've just got one more after this, church. Hear my voice, O God, in prayer, in my prayer. Preserve my life from fear of the enemy. Hide me from the secret counsel of the wicked. From the insurrection workers of iniquity, uh, insurrection of the workers of iniquity, who wet their tongue like a sword and bend their bow to shoot through their arrows, even bitter words. See, some would kill you with their words. That they may shoot in secret at perfect, excuse me, that, that they may shoot in secret at the perfect. Suddenly do they shoot at me and fear not. They encourage themselves in an evil manner. They commune with laying snares privately. They say, who shall seize them? Excuse me, I'm reading the wrong chapter. I thought, wait a second, verse 4 didn't line up. Oh God, thou art my God. By the way, that's real good. God done that on purpose for us. It's real good to think about what they're doing to us. Oh God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee. In a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see thy power and thy glory, so as have seen thee in sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands unto thy name. Church, just thinking today of what God has for us. We know this morning that we'll put our trust in him. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in thy covenant of thy wings shall I. They that will dwell with God. The last place we have this morning is Isaiah chapter 12. I love this chapter. I challenge you to rememberize this chapter. I did that once before, gave a plaque and some money to the first one who'd done it. It's amazing how motivated kids become when it comes to money because it was a kid who come to me and quoted out all six verses. It was my son, David. I was proud, but I thought to myself, why should I give him money? But I did. I want you to think about something, church. We've got a loving God. We need to put our trust in Him. In verse 1 it says, In that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise Thee. Though Thou wast angry with me, Thine anger is turned away, and Thou comfortest me. I want you to know this morning, before I, that I got saved, God was angry with me. After I got saved, God comforted me. What a change took place in my life. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust. Church, remember what the Bible says on Christ, or Christ is solid rock, right? He that buildeth his house upon the rock is wise, but he that buildeth his house upon the sand is foolish. In God, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. 
For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He has also become my salvation. Therefore, with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. With joy, church. Coming to the house of God with joy. And in that day they shall, excuse me, in that day shall you say, Praise the Lord. Call upon his name. Declare his doings among the people. Make mention that his name is exalted, church. Exalted. Not just there, but to be lifted up. Sing unto the Lord, for he hath done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. You say, brother, and how do we know that? Remember what Romans said? The invisible things clearly being seen by the things that are visible. God showed himself. And yet no one could see him who did not believe. You know how many times we've driven down here? And I'll read verse 6 in just a second. But how many times we've driven down to church? We're, we're coming up what we, in July, be 15 years. Now we started pastoring in October, so 15 years of pastoring there. But, but we enter and started in July. That'll be 15 years. We've driven down here. How many times in 15 years? The other day we was driving home. Just a couple weeks ago. And Lynetta goes, this really is a beautiful drive. If we were in Tennessee, we would be looking at the hills and we'd go, wow, man, this is pretty country. But because we drive it all the time and it's in Arkansas and it's just between Springdale and Fort Smith, we don't think about it unless it's fall time and in the fall time, but we love the changing of the leaves. And, and then in the springtime, there's a few moments there when you're driving down the inter and you see all the wildfires growing on the side of the road. And you think, boy, that's pretty. But, but do you ever stop to think about it? You're driving through beautiful country every time you come through here. Not to say anything about Leslie Rutledge, but it is God's country. He created it. It is a beautiful drive. We, we ignore God a lot of times because we just get so used to thinking God's there. Thinking about our salvation and we just kind of let it ride along because, I mean, we've been saved so long. Thinking about going to church and we just go to church because that's what we do. Look at verse 6. Cry out and shout, thou inhabitants of Zion. For great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee. Well, church, my Bible says, where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst. He said it this way, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. So that ought to be reason to shout. That ought to be reason to make a declaration. It ought to be reason enough to say amen or clap your hands. It, it ought to be a reason enough to have a smile on your face. Because God has taken up residence in our lives. It makes me happy. It also makes me a little scared. I don't want to disappoint God. And I know I do. But I'm so glad that God loves me. And when I disappoint him, all I got to do is tell him I'm sorry, and he takes care of it. 
It's that simple, church. But if you live rebellious, it don't work out so easy. Once you think about this chapter, the last place in your Bible, you'll find those three words written in that manner, I will trust. And it's talking about salvation. It's talking about rejoicing. It's talking about shouting and being happy. I was driving down this morning. We was listening to songs and, and the, the old country church was on one of them. And they was singing there. And he said he remembered the time in the old country church when they shouted. I thought to myself, as famous as you are, you mean to tell me you don't get happy about the Lord no more? Think about it. People shout because somebody begins to open up their, their, their Oh, man, I, that guy's so famous. Wow. He's in, amen, amen. What about God? He's more famous than anybody else. Man, I'll tell you something else. You go into any other country and ask them about some of our superstars, they may not know who they are, but you say, do you know there's a God? Well, I believe there is a God, but I'm not sure I believe. They know that name. Now if they just know who he is. Church, we ought to know who he is. Would you stand this morning? Father, I'm so thankful today to say that I do trust. And I will trust. In you. God, there's. We need to wake up. Help us, Lord. Your word, one point says, Awake, awake, old out that sleepest in Zion. God, help us to wake up. Help us to see. Help us again, Father, to start declaring. Lord, I know today, Father, it may seem like it's just not going anywhere. But, Father, we, we've been looking to see how we can impress people instead of how we can worship you. God, today, don't let our church become a church of impressing people, but let it be, Father, a place of worship to you. Help us, Lord, Father, I pray this morning that our hearts and our minds could be at all times and all ways, all places. Lord, let us again go back and draw from the wells of salvation. Lord, I praise you for each one who's here today. Ask you, Father, touch and anoint their hearts as you would desire. And let them respond, Father, according to your will. We'll praise you, Father, today in Jesus' name. If you have a desire to come and pray before we dismiss, would you come?